0: Again, I don't think any of us were expecting that. For the second time in only a few shows, that's how we begin, but this time for much better reasons. Hello, I'm John Ellis. Welcome to episode 46 of Petoderie PS, the predominantly Dons based podcast featuring not just the Dons first team, but a look across the age groups and genders at the club. And we focus on the respective progress of Cove and Peterhead too, as well as the Northeast local representatives in the Highland League and juniors. Not just football, but any sport making headlines in the northeast of Scotland or featuring someone from the northeast of Scotland. Joining me for this journey is always David Dermott and Andrew Shiny. So here we are, recording this episode on the morning of Monday, August 29th, 2022. Reviewing the match against Livingston from the weekend past and looking ahead to both the Premier Sports Cup tie against Annan Athletic in the week, followed by another away game against Ross County this coming weekend. First off, though, we go back to Saturday past to review the Livingston match. The Dons looking to find that vein of consistency which eluded them for large chunks of last season. Could they build on that 1-0 win over St. Johnson from the week before? I think we got a very emphatic yes as an answer to that. It ended 5-0 for the Dons. Your take on the afternoon's events, Andrew.
1: I was sitting there in the main stand watching the first half unfold and... Saw superb save from Kellerus, which turned out to be a game changer uh, from Ayo Obalai's header. And I was thinking, with five minutes to go till half time, I wonder if we can get through unscathed to the interval and hopefully Jim Goodwin can say something that will rouse the, the troops. Because apart from a Ramadani shot that had gone wildly over the bar, we had no efforts in goal at all. And then uh, Vinnie Basawan gets a hold of the ball, beats a couple of players. Tries an audacious shot from 35 yard, flies into the crowd. But full credit to him, he listened to his manager who told him, get on top of Fitzwater when there's a short goal kick. That happened. He beats him, gets pulled down the box. It's a penalty to Aberdeen. Majofsky steps up, does what he does normally from the penalty spot, although he l- later changed that routine. Um, but he scored, Fitzwater's off, and thereafter, Aberdeen totally dominated the game. But... You would never have been able to persuade anybody in the ground that it was going to be a 5-0 game to Aberdeen uh, after 40 minutes. But uh, credit to Aberdeen. I thought they played well in the second half, utilised the the numerical supremacy that they had, played some really nice football, scored some some very good goals and ran out, uh, in the end of the day, record-breaking winners because that's the first time we've ever scored five against Livingston in any game. It's the first time we have scored more than three in a league game against them. So, uh, and there's not a lot of teams do that, at Livingston. So, a great day for all Aberdeen fans.
0: Absolutely. Uh, we didn't have all our own way. Jim's taken the first half up until that setting off was, but it was fairly even. Uh, I saw another report which reckoned Livy had much the better uh, of the first half, and and the goal from the Dons came against the run of play. Let me get your take on that day, but also the subsequent second half once it became eleven versus ten.
2: Yeah, I, I thought we didn't see there were much. Better in the first half, but they certainly, I do agree with Andrew, they certainly were better than Aberdeen. And the save from Roos was, you know, world class. And as as Andrew said, it's pivotal. It really was a game changer. Um, you know, we got the, pe- the, the, the penalty, the sending off, you know, very similar to the St. Mirren game. And the second half, we were dominant. Livingston totally, the heads went down and they wilted in that second half. But I'd love to see us start 11 against 11, but dominate a game at home because we haven't really done that so far this season. So, you know, again, not getting carried away, but it was a, another good performance. Uh, but again, very much aided with the sending off because before that, Livy did look good. But uh, they're, they're defenders. They're not Real Madrid. They're not even Celtic. They shouldn't really be playing, trying to play the ball out from the keeper like that. And I don't think they'll be doing it again. And I don't mm-hmm. think Video uh, will be getting a penalty to take again if uh, if Miofsky's (laughs) on the park anyway yeah yeah.
0: no I actually have that complaint about uh, Boya Miofsky and and that is that he clearly took his eye off the fact we've all got down for chasing the golden boot and he should never have passed up the opportunity to score that penalty uh, by handing the ball to Vicente Buzhan but on the upside I'm not sure whether Miofsky's getting better the team's getting better at reading his movement or it's a bit of both and either way if he keeps this going, he's heading for sort of Adam Rooney
1: territory in goal numbers, isn't he? I think he could actually exceed Adam Rooney's best season for Aberdeen, which I think I'm right in saying Dave was twenty eight goals. Yeah. Um, so Adam, Adam
2: usually reminds you if you get it wrong. <laughs> absolutely. So, <laughs> and I'm sure
1: he will do. Um, but uh, no, Miowski's movement uh, is superb. As you saw from the the third goal that we got. No, it was the fourth goal that we got. After he'd passed up the opportunity to get his second goal and with the, the penalty, uh, Johnny Hayes plays the slide rule pass through... Centre-back's trying to play him offside, but he, he, he bends his run nicely and gets in behind. And then when he's one and one with the goalkeeper, he's he's very good. We have seen him miss chances when he's been one and one but I think he's getting better and better as the weeks go on. Uh, And that's five goals in five league games. And you can't ask an awful lot more from your striker than that. But um, uh, it was it was very good from me off screen. And as you see, I think... The players are getting more used to where everybody is operating, the types of passes that they like, etc. It's one thing to to know these things, but it's another thing to to put the passes to execute the pass. But I think um you saw there was one from Leighton Clarkson yes. through for uh Miofsky where he was marginally offside. You know, these fine margins are going to work in our favour sometime shortly. And uh, I can see Aberdeen scoring a lot of goals the way that they play, particularly. If they get uh, an opportunity to play against 10 men, they really do rub salt into the wounds of the side that is down to 10. The manager's quite right. We've often seen games where... Teams have a man sent off and then become extremely difficult to break down. It's been the opposite for Aberdeen this season, and long may that continue.
0: Any sour notes at all from this one, David? Mean, Hayden Coulson, who was, uh, again, really impressive, I thought, and Leighton Clarkson both went off with injuries of some sort. I don't know how bad either is, but obviously you want to keep them as fit as possible because in current form they're, they're both starting. But anything you thought that we, we should have done better?
2: No, I think I think it just goes back to the when it was eleven v eleven. You know that that was a disappointing thing, but you can't argue against anything that happened in the, se- the second half when we just ran away with it and gave the you know the encouraging crowd at Padraig plenty to to smile about. But to, no, just the, we don't seem to be starting very quickly at, at home in recent times. You know, yeah. just and I'm sure Tim Goodwin has said it. We need to get into our stride. Uh, from the first minute and start dominating games. Well, from the from the
0: moment he starts shouting, which isn't straight away, he, he sort of lets the game bed in a little bit, but from the moment he starts shouting, all you hear from the sidelines is, faster, faster, faster. Uh, and Andrew, great to see uh, Ryan Duncan getting a goal. I was really impressed by him in earlier games. Physically, he's got, or, or will have, everything required to be a really top-class player. Came off the bench, bagged a goal. You can't ask for more. In fact, so much so... Took me a while well to spot the fact that Christian Ramirez wasn't even on the bench.
1: Yeah, um, I think Christian's days with Aberdeen are numbered. Um, the fact that he couldn't even make it onto the bench. I mean, he, when he was asked after about it, uh, Jim Goodwin said, well, I could only pick 20 and he didn't feature in the 20 that I chose. Um, it's unfortunate he did a job for us last season in a poor season scoring goals, but uh, I think he would find it extremely difficult to replace Mijofsky, um or to take his place in the team the way Boyan's playing at the moment. But to talk about Ryan Duncan, I was absolutely delighted for him that he scored... I was right behind the the, the ball as it travelled towards the far post. Matty Kennedy, I believe, is still claiming that he got a touch. He was nowhere (laughs) close to it. Um, He was in the same postcode, but that was about all. Um, And uh, Ryan himself didn't know that he'd scored. He was celebrating because he thought he'd he'd got an assist. Um, But uh, when they went into the changing room afterwards, the boys told him, no, no, it was your goal. Other than Matty, who's got no, no, I got a to touch on it. I definitely <laughs> touched it. Um, so uh, it was it was good for Ryan. I mean, it, it is, I've seen him play a lot for the under-18s. And as you say, he's got all the physical attributes to be a top player. Uh, he's a good learner. And his confidence will have been boosted no end by getting that goal. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, tomorrow night if Jim Goodwin changes things around at all. Um Bearing in mind that, you know, there's another long journey to make up to Ross County and a difficult game uh, on Saturday, whether he changes things up a wee bit against Annan and perhaps Ryan Duncan may get a start. But there's there's a lot of competition for places, for the, the wide areas. Johnny Hayes shows no signs of, of letting up at all. I thought he was very good once again. Um, I, Shaden Morris looked decent when he came on. Duke looked a yard faster. When, when he came on, I mean, he ran away from the boy Philip Kankar at a frightening rate of knots when he won the penalty. Um, you know, when he got the ball, I think he was a yard off Kankar and just raced past him into the box. And it was a penalty. Um, he The the fullback did catch him. Uh, but uh, there's a, a lot of positive signs. And when you're going down to Anand, uh a, a League Two side who haven't set the heather on fire so far this season, it maybe is the opportunity just to give a wee rest to, to some of these players that have been playing most of the games. But I could understand if Jim Goodwin went the other way and said, no, no, same again, because he wants to see this this team gel as much together. And as you said, John, the fact that players are seeing the runs that the likes of Mayowski is making now, that only is helped by doing it in a competitive um, environment out on the park in a, in a real game as opposed to in the training ground.
0: Yeah, next up, uh, a two-game week for the Dons. The first, they travel to Annan for a Tuesday tie on Premier Sports Cup duty. Uh, when the draw was made for this one, most fans were probably quite happy, unless, of course, they were planning to attend the match because it's a four-day safari. Uh, the Dons against Annan Athletic.
2: Dave, how do you see that one going? I think it'll be comfortable as you say, the I mean I'm in are second bottom at the moment in Division Two after a great group uh, performance in the in the Premier Cup. But uh, uh they drew two two I think at the weekend at Albion Rovers. But uh, no and I don't see there being too many wholesale changes in the lineup. I think it might be a couple of changes, but I think we've learnt that lesson from last season in Kirkcody that uh, you know, we're really we're we're not at the stage when we can afford to just make wholesale changes if we you know, have a fairly young bench, which it probably will be. We can maybe make some changes if we're comfortable. But I, I do think well, I wouldn't be surprised if we come away with a five nil. Andrew. You say it's a four day safari. Um
1: I'm making that safari. Um <laughs> oh, really Annan is is one of the few grounds that I've never got so Uh, and the draw was made I was quite delighted because I thought well that's another one I can tick off the list so (laughs) I'm going down uh, tomorrow I'm going to stay overnight I'm taking the missus with me All right Um, lucky uh, (laughs) missus exactly thank you for that all that shopping all that
0: shopping that's available at Annan yeah Ah,
1: absolutely zero (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think they've maybe got a Tesco but I I think that's where it ends Um, but um, no uh, like Dave I think Aberdeen will be far too strong for Annan and I think they'll be looking for three, four goals minimum and and may well do to Annan what they did to Sterling Albion, to be perfectly honest. Um, they've got the bit between their teeth. There's plenty of the players are scoring, um, that which is always good. I mean, Boyan gets a lot of the, the plaudits because he's the top scorer, but Ross McCrory's got four this season. Mm. Um, and you know, he'd only scored eleven in his entire career. Um. So, uh, you know, he's he's contributing from the middle of the park. Vinnie got his goal on Saturday. That'll have lifted him. Duke, if he gets on, will want to score again. Um, maybe it's time for some of the defenders to chip in with a goal. Anthony Stewart had a couple of good chances on Saturday Um just got the radar wrong with his headers. <laughs> and Liam Scales has shown uh, an aptitude for getting forward. So I can see Aberdeen, you know, really putting the pressure on Annan and rattling in a fair few goals.
0: There were a couple of headers on Saturday that it looked more difficult to miss than it did to convert, but, you know. Yeah, they were you, very uh, good defensive headers, yeah. very poor <laughs> offensive For, headers. Force of habit, I suspect. <laughs> um, yeah, so then away to Ross County on Saturday. Now, when they eventually got it together and found their feet last season, they were actually a force to be reckoned with and established a way to win a lot of matches. This year, they've got points on the board quicker, uh, despite that thrashing against Rangers, who could still only manage to score four. Don't fall to complain, there's no switchboard. Uh, So how's it going to go when Aberdeen travel to Dingwall? Andrew?
1: It'll be a tough game, no question at all about that. I mean, Malky Mackay's sides are always pretty well organised. They're physical, they're they're not easy to break down. Um, But it's a good playing surface up in Dingwall and I think Aberdeen will enjoy uh, playing up there. Um, You mentioned that they got thrashed by Rangers on, on Saturday. Now, that could have been very, very different if Don yeah. Robertson had done his job properly. Yeah. It beggars belief that a referee can go away just going, I don't know, I didn't see anything wrong with that when somebody pulls a, a guy down as he's running in in goal, who has already been booked. I mean, it was a disgraceful decision and something that really that, uh, the powers that be should be looking into because it, he had a clear view of it, as did his fourth official, as did the stand side assistant referee, how none of them managed to see that that was a red card is perplexing beyond belief. But um, Malky Mackay will probably say to his team, look, I know we've got beat 4-0, but it could have been so different. Pick yourselves up, go again against Aberdeen. Um, I think it will be tight. Uh, I'm going to go for a 2-0 win for Aberdeen. Uh,
2: totally agree. Uh, I'll go 2-1. Yeah, Don Robertson's decision, all that does is give fuel to the conspiracy theorists. You know, it it was baffling, but uh, 2-1 Aberdeen.
0: Okay. uh, next to AFC women who finally claimed their first point of the season last weekend at home to Partick Thistle, a 2-2 draw, enough to stop the rot uh, before it set in and provide a platform to hopefully build on as the Dons entered preparations for a tough fixture away at Glasgow City on Sunday. Now, that one finished in a defeat, but only a narrow one, 2-1 and produced the Don's best performance this season Aberdeen's goal scored by Francesca Ogilvie so a defeat Dave but a feeling we're moving in the right direction and progress is being made
2: Yeah definitely I mean that, that was a, a great performance because I must confess I was a wee bit nervous So Don't it could be it, five could or be, six yeah Yeah exactly but no no and and it, again it'll have given you know although it was a defeat it'll have given a great deal of confidence to the girls I think for uh, to the next game so uh, hopefully that's the the rock stock, as it were, and uh, the tide has now turned and they can go on to you know have a, a successful season.
0: The Dons' next league match on Sunday, September 11th against Hibs and back at Bermorto Stadium. Now, no fixtures report uh, for the under-18s this past week. Instead, they'll be working away with boss Barry Robson and his team, trying to make their performances less erratic, I imagine. All part of the learning curve. Their next game this Friday coming against Motherwell at Cormac Park. Uh, and so to the championship and Cove Rangers who've been finding it hard going since being promoted, uh, bar that first day win over Wraith Rovers, has been three defeats on the bounce with manager Jim McIntyre demanding better from his side uh, as they drop plans to travel to meet Queen's partner. This one, Dave, as you pointed out last week, should have been more familiar to them given they faced Queen's Park last season, albeit different personnel, but they'd have known the stadium to an extent. It wasn't all just completely new to them, but have found their feet uh, before kickoff. Despite that, the match ended 2-1 to the homicide, sub-later McIntosh scoring the consolation after a Simon Murray brace for Queen's Park. An improved performance again, Dave, injuries for for Cove, forcing changes. Many saying Cove deserved the points, but they didn't get them. The fact remains their second bottom with four straight defeats.
2: Yeah, they are. I, I do think you will see some activity in of players moving inwards uh, between now and the the window later in the week because... Their squad is really stretched and their bench was very light on Saturday. Uh, but it was a, a reasonable f- performance. They um, didn't get the points. Jim McI- McIntyre was not too despondent after the game. And they've got a home game now against Hamilton. We'll go back to the, what I said a couple of weeks ago. The home at Morrill they need to start picking up three points for, from the majority of the games. But again, it just shows you how tight this league is. You know, we, we saw... United going clear at the top with the win over everybody's favourites indeed to go up, so everybody can beat everybody else, but cover one of the, the part-time teams in that league. So um, you know it's that bit that bit harder. But our growth, who ironically the team below them showed last season just what can be done even if you are part-time. So um, I, th- I think they'll. they'll uh, Turn it round on on Saturday at tomorrow and get the points against Hamilton,
0: what do you think the target is or the plan is dave is it, it was it to come up and first and foremost uh, avoid solid- the yeah avoid okay. the
2: playoffs going down so it's eighth is the the target and that's the target for for cove for our growth Dick Campbell's you know publicly said that's what they want to do. avoid the playoffs um, in the wrong direction because that is a very nerve-jangling time time of the year. But uh, although Cove have been used to playoffs in the right way going up over the, for the last couple of seasons, although they didn't make it to two seasons ago, uh, obviously uh, didn't need to the playoffs last season. So it's all bit it's all all new to Cove. You know the fact that they're, they're struggling at the table, but it's still you know we're still in August only. You know so there's a lot of football to be played, and you know they, they won't get too down when they they. Uh, they lose out and they won't get too up when they win, you know, just to try and keep it steady. But I think there will be additions um, this week because they were, and uh, they've got injuries just now. Mitch Migginson was the latest to miss out at the weekend. And Scott Ross, he didn't recover. And Blair yule has been out most of the season so far. So um, they, they do need some personnel in. OK, next up for Cove, the return to the familiar surroundings
0: of Balmoral Stadium to face Hamilton Aquis. For Peter Head, a tough start, earning only the one point in their game so far. Coming from a 2-2 draw, Clyde last weekend against Queen of the South, they scored first and then shipped four. This weekend passed another difficult fixture in prospect as Jim McAnally's side travelled to play Alloa Athletic and so approved that one ending 5-0 to the home side, who scored in the first, injury time in the 90 and pretty freely in between. A sore one for sure, Andrew.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that's nine goals shipped in the space of just two games. I mean, Jack Ross is thinking, what's the problem? (laughs) We (laughs) shipped nine in one game. Um, But uh, no, Jim McAnally must be getting a bit concerned. Uh, It's The lack of, well, the only consistency that Peter Head are showing just now is that they're losing every week and you need to get out of that rut as quickly as possible. Again, like Cove, I think they're light in numbers and Jim, I'm sure, will be using his extensive contacts to try and get some new faces into Balmour just to, to shore things up. Uh, because they've got another tough game coming up, albeit it's at, at home, but Montrose are a decent side, um, and they will travel north, fancying their chances of getting three points against, as I say, a Peterhead side that are, are letting in far too many goals. Um, it's unlike them, to be perfectly honest. They've, they've lost tight games, but you know, 4-1 at home, 5-0 away from home, that doesn't suggest it was tight games. Uh, and they... I think that'll be a thing that'll be concerning, Jim. Um, it's a bit ironic, you know. Uh, we're talking Dundee United because of the goals that they're letting, and Bergiti, the goalkeeper, letting seven and Altmar dropped. Ericsson was in yesterday, ship nine. Is he going to be dropped? Well, the next in, in the conveyor belt is Jack Newman, who's on loan at Peterhead. He's shipped nine in the space of two weeks. Is it something about if you're a goalkeeper uh, and employed by Dundee United that you're duty bound to let in a lot of goals? I don't know. Um, but uh, that's been a wee bit. Um, you know, flippant, but uh, no. I think Jim Jim will be <laughs> just a wee bit. <laughs> um, Jim will be looking to get much more out of his team uh, than they've shown him in the first five mm. games of the season.
0: As you say, Peter Head back home next weekend against Montrose. Now, in the Highland League, heading into the weekend fixtures, Broder sat top with breaking just behind in goal difference, both teams on 15 points. For Martin, Crowbarred their way into third, but they've played a game more. They were on 13, Champions Fraser brought one behind. Games of notes uh, included third at home to first, as For Martin welcomed Broder Rangers. Uh, at seven spot, Inverurie Locals welcome Bucky Jags in fifth to Harlow Park. The matches ended like this Banks of D2, Clack one. Breakin City, three. Lossiemouth nil. For Martin United, two. Broader Rangers, one. Forest Mechanics, one. Keith two. Huntley, one. Devonvale, nil. Inverurie Locos, nil. Bucky Thistle, four. Nairn County, nil. Fraserborough, four. Rothis, six. Tariff United, one. And Strathspey Thistle, one. Wick Academy, two. And all that means another change at the top as previous leaders Brora drop to fifth. The table now with Brecon City in pole position, six wins from six on 18 points. For Martin United, second on 16, Fraserburgh third on 15 on goal difference, just ahead of Bucky and then Brora.
2: In the juniors, Dave? Well, hundreds of games on Saturday in the Scottish Junior Cup first round. We'll still highlight some of the successful ones and some of the notable ones. Uh, Stonehaven won 6-0 at Blairgowrie and uh, they've set up a second-round tie at home to Cooter, who won 4-1 at Dundee Violet. Ellen United are through after a 1-1 draw at Carluk Rovers, winning 4-2 in penalty kicks. Uh, Dice, who reached the quarterfinals last year, unfortunately fell at the first hurdle, going down by the odd goal in five to Dundee downfield. East End defeated Leonard United, 5-3 at home. Forest Thistle, 4, Aberdeen University, 1. Uh, Hermes won 2-1 at Les Mahego. Um, but they not, the draw's not been too kind because they're, they're away to two 2016 winners' beef in the second round. Uh, Birkhead Thistle lost to Letham on penalty kicks and Letham now go to Newmarket United, who had a 1-0 win at Lochie Hart, which was an excellent result. The Rose leader through, they've defeated Maud 3-2 at home. They now be at home again against Shots bonaccord And... Um, Rothy Rovers, Andrew, you'd be delighted to know they're through after a 4-2 win at home to Armadale Thistle. They are now against Glen Afton at home in the second round. And Bankeries St Ternan are also through. Uh, they won 4-2 at Vale of Leaven. So some good results on the road, but unfortunately Bridgeton Thistle went down 2-1 at Wishaw. So uh, mixed bag as ever. Um, and some teams, of course, not that many got buys into the second round. East End, in fact, plays Sunnybank in the second round at uh, hopefully at New Advocates, if it's fit for play by then, which will be in the 24th of September. This weekend, the highlights are the Grill League Cup quarterfinals, Colony Park against New Elgin, Dice versus Rothley Rovers, Lossie United at home to East End, and Stonewood Parkfield versus Cooter. And I'll predict the semi-finalists becoming Colony Park, Dice, East End and Cooter in the McBookie.com NRG FA Premier Division this weekend. LA United against Dufftown, Mohad versus Blankery. Montrose was lead home to Stonehaven, and near versus Bridget on Thistle. And you'd be disappointed if I hadn't mentioned the, the league there. Absolutely.
0: I'm just thinking, you know, come the end of the season and someone's engraving the name of the cup, we'll have to actually start on a Thursday just to get the like, name the league in. <laughs> 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 uh, okay, finally this week, you may have spotted in the Dons News the return of the Dons Hall of Fame and three new inductees, Duncan Shearer, who's celebrating his birthday as we record this. Happy birthday, Duncan. Uh, Dougie Bell and Russell Anderson, more than deserving recipients, I'd say, David. A nice spread over the eras as well.
2: Yeah, it's great and well-deserved, uh, well, well deserved, all of them. And, uh, you know, there's always, you know, why isn't so-and-so in the Hall of Fame? And I'm sure, you know, Doug Bell... Duncan Shearer and Russell, are they've fallen very much into that category. So, well-deserved and it'll be a great night for the guys.
0: Yeah, and it's all also about, you know, why, why isn't so-and-so in the Hall of Fame? Well, because we'd like to hold as many dinners as possible. That's, <laughs> probably, that's probably why we're staggering them over the uh, the period. Uh, speaking of Russell Andrew, it's the Russell Anderson Foundation Golf Day this week, isn't it?
1: It is yes at Hazelhead on Friday. Um, it's a, a double shotgun start, so there's I think there's nineteen teams in the morning, nineteen in the afternoon. Um, so in excess of one hundred and fifty golfers going along to uh, support Russell's very successful foundation. Dave, I know you're a trustee. Um, they do fantastic work, and the the golf day raises a lot of funds for it. But um, a you know it's just part of a, a program of events that um that russell and his his foundation team um have set up that are so beneficial for uh for people in aberdeen
2: absolutely and not only just people in aberdeen but those that are less fortunate in the in the st Marker academy asg area i was at the sports camps at asv which ran over two weeks in july and uh, you know, the kids had a great time. And it's not not just football they're playing, they're, they're trying their hand at basketball. They went over to King's Link, some of them, and some of them never hit a golf ball in their life and absolutely loved it. Tennis is there. Don't know how they managed to get tennis And oh, oh, I'm a trustee. And um, so, you know, all <laughs> the different sports that they try, and it's great. It's such worthwhile. But of course, it you know, it needs funding, you know, unfortunately, because... Those participants can't afford to fund it. the The foundation has to, and it does a a wonderful job. In the ten years, it's been ten years now since it was, was set up. So, well done to Russell for uh, for all he does. And Graham Burnett is the chief exec of the foundation, and Graham just I mean, he's got a full-time job, but you wouldn't think it because he must have a must be cloned because he does so much work for for the the for Rads. Yeah fantastic. That is pretty much it for episode 46
0: of Petaudry P.S. We aim to publish every week on a Tuesday if we can. we surpass ourselves this week on a Monday. Uh, always looking back to the Dawn's previous fixtures and ahead to the next. Please remember to follow us on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you could rate and review us, tell us what you think of the show as well. We'd be very grateful. Thanks for checking out Petaudry P.S. We'll see you next time.